Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Welcome back, everyone, to the Signature Edge. And we are recording this before the week of Thanksgiving. My name is Mark Mathai, and I'm here with my co-host, Amy Hennings and Chris Woodhouse. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. Hello, Amy. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello. Well, team, this is so much fun to get together and spend a little bit of time talking. Now, okay, small talk real quick. Holiday season's coming up in front of us. Woo-hoo. Is there any traditions that you like to do? So we do crepes for breakfast, usually Thanksgiving and Christmas. Obviously, the turkey and many, many delicious sides with crescent rolls and a lot of board games and football. Like that. I think board games have the propensity to bring families together um, or the opposite. It depends on which family members show up. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, what about you? Well, we run the turkey trot every Thanksgiving. That is our tradition. Run a little bit. And then my nieces think it's really fun to have croissants. They like French croissants for Thanksgiving. So I bring croissants. Oui, oui. Much like crepes, Chris. Mm, French croissants. Yeah. French. It's a French Thanksgiving. I do. I I see a a theme here. You know, it's interesting because I was talking to my daughter who's coming back from college for next week. And we were talking, you know, I was asking her, well, what do you want to eat? We need to get on this, right? You know what she said? She said ham, which is kind of a normal thing, right? Kind of customary. We always have like ham as a backup. And then she said pot roast. (laughs) And my daughter does not like anything with bones. And she wants to eliminate turkey. And, And I don't know how I feel about that. Part of me is excited about trying something new. The other part of me was offended that why wouldn't we have turkey? So we we have a lot of maneuvering and, and working out that we have to do. But on the French theme, uh, we did ask, you know, about what special cocktail we should make this year to commemorate. And I, having just taken a trip overseas uh, and spent some time in France, was thinking about some of the fancy little drinks I had over there. And they told me that those are summer drinks. And so I got shot down again. So I think this is going to be an interesting Thanksgiving as we all have these opinions coming out that I don't know if I necessarily agree with. Mark, just say no. You know what, Chris? I might have to. And at some point, don't we all as leaders have to say no? We do. definitely. So when's the last time you had to say no to a really big ask? It's a good question. Consciously or <laughs> subconsciously, right? I think we say yes and no to things all day long from a big ask standpoint. It's been a while. It's been a while. I can't think of anything. I'm not convinced I'm real good at saying no. Here's what I would say about saying no. I think before you say no to something, make sure you have all the information. It's Sometimes people are really quick to say no to something. And when they kind of go and think about it and look through the next steps or look at all the different ways that 
of possibilities, they find out there is a yes in there that maybe isn't as big a ask as they thought. I sometimes don't be a brick wall, be more of a window where people could can give you ideas because the more you say no to people, the less ideas you're going to get from people. So how do you make sure when you say no, you, you are, you have a 360 view of what that is. Mark, can you think of something I've said no to that's really big? Well, I, I will tell you both that I'm getting ready to say no to pot roast, but oftentimes leaders are put into this predicament. And, and I will tell you personally, from my experience, it's my desire to say yes, that often leads me down a path of average. Now, what I mean by that is sometimes, and especially early in my career, I said yes to about everything that came my way, and I got most of it done even, but I never got it done like really excellent. And so that concept of saying no has kind of always haunted me a little bit in terms of what do I need to do to perform my very best? Now, when I switch the context up a little bit and I start looking at no as an ally, then it forces me down another path. What's the most essential thing I need to do? And then I have a little bit more freedom to say no to other things. So in my case, I've had to make friends with no. And sometimes I think it's okay. I think it's the right thing to do. And sometimes it's really hard for me. Now, given that context, how would you approach your no's? So I'm looking at, questions that are being asked or activities that are being asked of me, you know, it takes evaluation to know what the right answer is. And oftentimes when there's things that are being asked of me that, uh, especially if someone who reports to me is asking for me to do, but it's something that they could do themselves, uh, I'm almost doing a disservice to them if I say yes, right? Because I'm teaching them to drop their problems off on me as opposed to solving them themselves. And so a lot of times when I'm asked to do something that I know that they could and should do, I redirect them and I say, you know, this is how I would solve that. Go ahead and let me know how it works out, <laughs> right? Or, or I, I offer it in an, an advice advisory term versus just taking their responsibilities, their monkeys onto my back. Uh, I help them learn how to feed the monkeys themselves and, and take care of them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Amy, and you had mentioned you you wrestled with saying no. Tell us about how do you process that? Because I also know you're someone who has reached a level of excellence in their career. And so given what I just said, that if you say yes to everything, it's hard to be excellent. That might be my experience. How, how do you maintain that? And how do you shoot for excellence when you have a lot of demand on you? It's really hard. I think, Mark, like I said earlier, I'm not great at saying no. I'm better at saying yes, and here's how it could be better. Um, that's usually where I live. But I, here's something that I think I always go back to when I think of no. And I'm, I'm this story is in the Old Testament in the Bible. Nehemiah was building the wall around Jerusalem. And there's a, there's a verse that he kept getting asked to go visit different people to go want people want to come him to come see him it, it's a great book about business because he had a goal and he we had a lot of people that wanted his talents and time and in, in nehemiah said he said i am doing a great work i cannot come down i i don't want my work to stop and i always think of that when if i think something's coming my way that is maybe not going to be part of the bigger vision of what I do. I, I, I think about that. And I have actually that sticky note on my desk. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. 
I think it's really important to have a clear vision for what you're doing. And so you don't get caught up in a lot of stray projects. And Mark, you know that I get really irritated when I'm in stray projects that are taking away from the bigger vision. And so while I'm not great at saying no to those stray projects sometimes, and I get doing some stuff sometimes that maybe helps me build um, relationships or helps me, sometimes there's, you gotta take that into account, but you always gotta keep on the big vision. I think I think having that big vision is is critical, and that that would be a really um, interesting look. Like, how do we form a vision, and how do we work for a vision that's big enough to be able to say no to other things? And I think a lot of times when we get caught in this thing of wanting to please and wanting to say yes, it's because we don't have a big enough vision that we're working towards. And and at Signature anyway, you know, we've been given so much permission to go out there and pursue the right answers to healthcare's biggest problems that it can get quite um, complicated in terms of what that is, how to prioritize that. And for our listeners who didn't listen to our podcast last week on decision-making, I think that plays right into what we're talking about now, but giving ourselves as leaders permission to say, no, Hey, I have a quick story for you both that, that happened to me. It was in high school and, and, you know, I don't think anyone else knows, but I used to play a little uh, football and not the kind with the round ball, the kind with the pigskin American football. And, and so I was playing football and I was a really good athlete. As a matter of fact, I played three or four different positions and I felt really good about myself, thought I was kind of cool. One day I was going into the locker room and Coach Krieger pulled me aside. He looked me in the eyes and he said, Mark, you really are a jack of all positions, aren't you? But you're really not an ace at any. And the advice he gave me in that moment was I needed to get focused on what I was doing or I wasn't going to go anywhere. And that's when my battle with this concept of saying no began, because for me, it was like, how do I achieve excellence in my life, in my career? And, and quite frankly, because I think I have activator and maximizer, um, I will go in a billion different directions, but it was the slowing down and the taming of what's essential that helped me focus a little bit more on saying no for the rest of my career. Chris, when it comes to your processing of saying no and those big projects that are out there, what would you recommend our listeners do to be able to prioritize on a vision that's big enough to say no to others? I think you guys have touched on it a little bit. And one aspect is the focus element, right? The decision that's before me that, that I'm being asked for, is it going to derail me from my goal? It's got to be question number one. Question number two is evaluating the elements associated with whatever the question is. I, I you know the analytical strength in me always comes out here is all right, here's a here's an option, here's a direction to go, here's a question someone's asking. What what's the outcome? What's the impact? What's it going to do to our progress, our um, performance, our success, our uh, end goal? And just thinking through, if I say yes, what does that mean, right? If I say no, what does that mean? What does it cost for both? And is it worth it? And I'll give you an example of this. So I remember in my company, we you know when you're running a small business, you're always looking for customers, right? You just, you're hungry. You need, you need more customers. You're, you're trying to grow and uh, pay the bills and all that fun stuff. And oftentimes it leads you to make mistakes and take on customers who will ask 
more of you and give less of themselves, right? And so in, when you're young in your career, when you're young in your business, you take those customers on and you come to find out that they're a lot more trouble than they're worth, right? They, they tend to be the ones who uh, want to pay less and want to ask more of you and, and they push the limits of everything. And as you grow in your career, you, you recognize these folks, you recognize these are not just customers, but these are people who you realize that the effort that it's going to take you to appease or meet their needs is not going to be beneficial for you, for them, for the company. And you have to be willing to say no to those folks and say, yeah, I, I don't think we're a right fit for you. Or no, that's that's probably not going to be a good opportunity for us to you know, pursue together, right? So a, a lot of good thought needs to be performed when these opportunities arise. So you know whether it is a yes or is a no. Yeah, I know, Amy, when it comes to the experience that we have from an associate perspective, you know, we're often called in to a lot of activities. And one of the hardest things that we've done as a team collectively, to Chris's point, is to say no to some so that we can do a others really well. How were you able to steer us away from being an organization who did a little of everything all over the place to one that's a little bit more focused on powerful connections? You know, Mark, thanks for bringing that up because I think you just helped me find a big no that I did in my career. And that was when we said no to ARGs and our associate resource groups. And that was that's not trendy right now. Employee resource groups, associate resource groups are um, really important in a lot of companies. And when we looked at the programming around those associate resource groups, it was really good. I saw an opportunity for great. And I talked, I remember us having a lot of discussion about it and saying, we're doing 30 different events where I think I'm afraid we're creating sometimes a little bit of silos, or we could do 12 really great events that everybody can be a part of. And so we said, okay, so events is one piece. Conversation is another piece of the ARGs. What if we created an avenue for conversation with the diversity circle? So we said, okay, 12 events. I will tell you our attendance has is three times the attendance of our ARG events, probably even more in, in some cases. And there's 12. We can tell you what they are at the beginning of the year. And that's the 12 we're going to stick to. Um, I had to say some no's to some people, especially around um, a lot of doing a lot of community walks. We... I think we did five or six last year compared to one this year. And, but we've seen attendance rise in the diversity circle. We've seen actually better conversation than we were having in our separate groups and actually seeing more impactful change happening from those. And so um, I still have a few people who I think would prefer to have ARGs. But I also think I've been able to touch a lot more people by, by hunkering down and putting focus on to different events to reach masses um, and a lot more digital events too. So I think that was probably a really great example of where we, I don't know if we said no, I kind of feel like we more said, let's try this and then we can, can see if this works. And if it doesn't work, we can always go back. So that I think was a really interesting study this year to see. Um, how we could do less with bigger impact. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. And Chris, w what about you when, when it comes to those big no's? 
Yeah, I was thinking of a, a decision I had to make last week, and it was something that our customer wanted. And you know, we, we really do try to bend over backwards to to give our customers uh, what they ask for, what they need. But they were looking for an element of automation that was going to be an extensive amount of work for us, with very little payout for the volume of claims that would be used with with this uh, automation, and potentially open up security threats within our environment and all sorts of other things. And so it was a difficult decision, but we had to go back to the customer and say, I understand you want this, but I don't think you recognize all of the impact it would take to perform this action, the amount of time it will take to develop it, and then the risk it opens us up to. Uh, it's not something we're going to be able to do without an extensive amount of money <laughs> and that change control process to implement it. And once they understood the impact of what they were asking for, like, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. We can just do this easily. We'll go to this website and type this number. And so it's difficult to say no to your customers, right? Because you want to keep them happy. You want to make sure they're taken care of. But sometimes it's in the best interest of, of everyone because they don't want to spend the amount of money it would take for us to develop that for the number of claims it would be applied to. And so us saying no protected them and protected us. I, I think that's a great example. And one of the things that Signature has done so well from its inception is setting clear boundaries on what are our priorities and how do we protect those. And I've always called it a people first, performance always mentality, meaning that you can't say yes if there's going to be a downside to the people. And sometimes if you can't meet the obligation that we're committing to or make sure that we really follow through on the commitment, you're right. It's better to say no up front than to say yes and not follow through on your commitment because that always amplifies the problem. And when you have a cycle of that that starts to happen, that's when we get associates who find themselves in a state of weariness or burnout or whatever you want to do because we're constantly fighting this battle. So I think one of the, the big takeaways from this no mentality or having permission as a leader to be able to say no, a big enough vision is that Boundaries make everything better. And when I mean boundaries, I mean guardrails, just simple things that you exist between where you give people permission to say no, because the mission is so much bigger than that. And so when it comes to different boundaries, Amy, you touched on it with the, the ARGs converting to connection points. What should some healthy boundaries be for you personally? And then how do you set healthy boundaries for your team members? So I referenced a minute ago, the monkey, right? And I, I think I, I need to explain that a little bit. This is <laughs> a, a, an analogy that I learned several years ago. It's been extremely helpful to me. You know, we all have problems that come up in our daily jobs, right? We, we have uh, whatever it might be. And those problems, picture them as a monkey on your back. Right. When you're in a position, especially of leadership, people are bringing those monkeys to you. <laughs> They're like, hey, I've got this problem and you have options, right? When they come to you with a problem, now we, we don't want to leave them with a problem. But if we say, oh, okay, just I'll take care of it. Well, what happens with that monkey? Well, it leaves their back and it transfers to yours and they get to walk away scot-free. So now you have a problem. And when multiple people do that, now all of a sudden you're in a position, you've got everyone's monkeys on your back and they're walking around scot-free. And while it seems like a nice thing to do for 
younger folks, the reality is it's so much better to train them how to take care of their own monkeys, right? When they come to you with a problem, it's like, yes, I see that problem. I've had that problem before. You should do this, this, and this, and that will take care of that. That way they can walk away and handle the monkey themselves and it's not left on your shoulders. So when it comes to boundaries, and I've, I've talked about this with my teammates, is this is don't take on everyone's monkeys. You don't have enough hours in your day. Your teams are too big. There's too many problems out there. You can't solve them all. You're not superheroes, but rather teach your team how to handle their own monkeys, how to deal with those problems, teach them how to solution on their own. And you're saying no, but you're saying it in a way that is positive, that allows for a, the right outcome. And it teaches people to own the problems and create solutions on their own. I love that analogy. When you do the hard work of that, and by the way, that's not always the fastest and it's it's not always the most efficient and it's not always well taken, but it's empowering. Right. And so by, by your leadership principle there, you're really empowering others to rise to a new level and occasion. And I think that's really great. You know, sometimes I think boundaries, you got to look at people pleasing an element in there. Are you doing it because it's the right thing to do? It advances your vision. It's in your scope of work. Are you doing it just to please people? And if the voice in your head to please somebody is louder than the voice in your head that keeps you on your vision, you got to really look at that and really think about that. Because I think people pleasing is in a lot of ways debilitating and it makes it so that you don't say no to things you should say no because you're trying to please people and i think helps create boundaries too is when you think about the why behind what you're doing i like that a lot and i, I remember even early on way before producer addison uh, came up. But anyway, I had a vision for a podcast. This was about seven years ago. Uh, podcasting was new. I like listening to them. And I remember speaking with Melanie and Alan a couple times, and they kept asking me, what's the why? What's the why? Well, internally, I knew, boy, I think a healthy conversation could be, but it was right. It wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. The team wasn't there. The systems weren't there. And so, so sometimes saying no is the right answer. And sometimes it's really not no, it's like not yet. And so those ideas don't die. They just keep going. Okay, but here's the deal. Sometimes too, when we're feeling overwhelmed, some things we should say yes to, we might be tempted to say no to. So if I'm a brand new leader in this organization and I'm confronted with multiple priorities, how do I know which ones to say yes to, which ones to say no to, and which ones to say not yet to? I think that's a fair question that you can ask of your supervisor in that, hey, these are the things that I'm being hit with right now. I've prioritized them in this order. Do you agree with that prioritization or not? Because that will help you affirm your decision making. It'll help you understand, yes, your priorities match up with my priorities, which match up with company priorities and allow you to know what's the right thing to say yes to and what's the right thing to say no to. And like you said, it's not always a no. Sometimes it's a not right now or it'll be... X amount of time before we can do that. And I think the not yet is, is an important one to pay attention to because sometimes you don't have the skills, the expertise, the training, the, the surrounding tasks to do it and do it right. And I think that that's a really important thing. If you can't do something right and it's not going to be a quality end product, well, it's probably not something you should say yes to unless that's a stepping stone to getting it there. But I think you got to look at that not yet, not let it be a no and die, but let it just go to a, a parking lot of sorts until you can get the right skills. We could have done a podcast five years ago without Addison taking the initiative to go do some self-training and some work to help know how to cut splice, figure out all the different pieces of a podcast. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I think that comes down to as leaders, there's a healthy way to have boundaries. There's a healthy way to express no. And sometimes what will happen is we get too eager to say no to a bunch of things so that we can elevate just our priority. But if our vision isn't the right vision that we're working on, that can cause some problems. And so one of the things I like to remind people and teams is to really understand how they win at work. Like, what does winning look like? And I don't know about you, but when's the last time you sat down with your manager and said, hey, what does winning look like this week? For me, that gives me the vision to know, boy, this is what I should be saying yes to. This is what I should be saying no to because I'm crystal clear on that vision. And I think that's a real healthy practice for managers as they meet with their people and teams to help them understand what that win looks like so that they can then have their own boundaries and make priorities that that really stick. I think that's really good, Mark, because having those conversations, while it takes time out of our day to, to change someone's perspective, to help them recognize prioritization or whatever it might be. It's such a great learning opportunity for them. You know, when, when people bring ideas to me and I know that we can't do them or we shouldn't do them or whatever it is, I find it better rather than just saying a flat no and deflating their air bubble is to go, okay, well, let's look at the elements of this. What would be the impacts here? What would be the cost? What would be, and I'm trying to train them to think of through their ideas in a way that would be beneficial to them so that the next time they bring an idea, they've done that already, right? And they actually have an idea that's better that we can pursue and that we can uh, address. And, you know, when we, when we have these opportunities to, to help others think in that way, it's, it's, it benefits everyone, them, you, the, the company, their families. It's just a great way of, of learning and teaching together. Yeah, and, I, and I, I couldn't agree more. And when we think about this concept of saying no, and we talk about next steps, as leaders in an organization, you both have teams, you both have led other teams before and, and organizations, Chris, in your case, what one thing would you invite our listeners into so that they can discover the power of a healthy no? I say start small. If you're someone who struggles with people pleasing, someone who struggles with saying no, um, someone who gets overwhelmed easy and you feel like you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions, solving other people's problems, I would start by saying no to very small things and then work your way up to and see how that goes. Get reactions maybe learn how do you put some finesse on it. My dad always said pour a little sugar on that comment. And then you can kind of figure out, you could start doing the big nose. I wouldn't start with big nose if that's something that you struggle with. I would start with some small nose along the way. I would say track the outcome, right? It's so easy when we say no to something to just push it out of our minds and we move on from there. But when, when you're presented with something and you need to say no to it, that's okay, but make sure that that was the right decision because understanding whatever the downstream is, you, we, maybe we didn't have clear vision of that and we need to revisit and go, okay, actually that was a good idea. We should implement that. Let's go ahead and change direction. It's okay to do that, but you don't want to just lose sight all the time of, oh, I said no, it's gone forever. So I'd, I'd say keep an eye on those things, track, track those decisions and, and see if you need to adjust. And, and learn from them. Yeah, I think those are really two clear call to actions for our listeners. And team, I've had a blast unpacking this thing called no, which is not an easy topic for us because we're go-to people in a go-to organization solving healthcare's largest problems. And yet, how much value 
can we offer others when we're really clear about the mission? We really know what we need to accomplish and we have the freedom and the trust to be able to say no, to make an impact. Well, Amy, Chris, thank you so much for this conversation. And you know what, team? Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Amy. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.